Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Buenos dias. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I am your host this morning, <laughs> Bill, in case any of you are new. I don't imagine, but sometimes we might have someone sneak in and uh, join us. Always be great to hear from you if you are. And so we are going on in Isaiah 47 through 49 this morning. If you guys can uh, find your place, we will be jumping right into it. If I have my, my new dad joke for today... This was really bad. I'm embarrassed to read this, but I got to do it anyway because it's here. A panda walks into a bar and, and, and says to the bartender, I'll have a scotch and Coke. Thank you. Sure thing, the bartender replies and asks, but why the big pause? And the panda holds up his hands and says, I was born with them. Like I said, it's kind of goofy, but... That's what dad jokes are. Sorry to make you suffer through that one. We are now going to push on in Isaiah 47. This is getting interesting. I'm in Bible school, 47, 48, 49, 50, and 51. They're all very talked about, shall we say. There is a much in these chapters we can look at. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning for your love for us. And uh, God, give us now this this opportunity we have in this beautiful time with you to glean those truths that you want us to have individually. The, the little jewels, the little things that you want to show us so that we might be able to continue to grow in Christ and be more like you and less like ourselves. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 47, using the New American Standard Bible. This is the Lament Over Babylon. Come now and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For you shall no longer be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Remove your veil. Strip off your skirt. Uncover the leg. Cross the rivers. Your nakedness will be uncovered. Your shame also will be exposed. I will take vengeance and will not spare a man. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit silently. Go into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For you will no longer be called the Queen of Kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I profaned my heritage and gave them into your hand. You did not show mercy to them. On the aged, you made your yoke very heavy. Yet you said, I will be a queen forever. These things you did not consider, nor remember the outcome of them. Now then, hear this, you sensual one, who dwells securely, who says in your heart, I am and there is no one besides me. I will not sit as a widow, nor no loss of children, but these two things will come on you suddenly in one day. Loss of children and widowhood. They will come on you in full measure, in spite of your many sorceries, in spite of the great power of your spells. 
You felt secure in your wickedness and said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge may have deluded you. For you have said in your heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. But evil will come on you, which you will not know how to charm away. And disaster will fall on you, for which you cannot atone. And destruction about which you do not know will come on you suddenly. Stand fast now in your spells and in your many sorceries with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to profit. Perhaps you may cause trembling. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers and those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moons, Stand up and save you from what will come upon you. Behold, they have come like stubble. Fire burns them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There will be no coal to warm by, nor a fire to sit before. So have those become to you with whom you have labored, who have trafficked with you from your youth. Each has wandered in his own way. There is none to save you. Chapter 48. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are named in Israel, and who came forth from the lions of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and invoke the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness, for they call themselves after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I declared the former things long ago, and they went forth from my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass, because I know that you are obstinate, and your neck is as iron sinew, and your forehead as bronze. Therefore, I declared them to you long ago, before they took place and proclaimed to you so that you would not say my idol has done them and my graven image and my molten image have commanded them. You have heard, look at all this and you will not declare it. I will proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known, but they are created now and not long ago and before today, You have not heard them, so that you will not say, Behold, I knew them. You have not heard, you have not known. Even from long ago, your ear has not been opened, because I knew that you would deal very treacherously, and you have been called a rebel from birth. For the sake of my name, I delay my wrath, and for my praise, I restrain it for you in order not to cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake and for my own sake I will act. For how can my name be profaned? And my glory I will not give to another. Deliverance promised. Verse 12. Listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel, whom I called. I am he. I am the first, I am also the last. Surely my hand founded the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand together. 
assemble all of you and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him, and he will carry out his good pleasure on Babylon. And his arm will be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken. Indeed, I have called him, and I have brought him, and he will make his ways successful. Come near to me, listen to this. From the first, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it took place, I was there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Verse 19, your descendants would have been like the sand and your offspring like the grains. Their name would have never been cut off or destroyed from my presence. Go forth from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans, Declare with the sound of joy, shouting, proclaim this. Send it out to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made the water flow out of the rock for them. He split the rock and the water gushed forth. There is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. Chapter 49. Listen to me, O islands and pay attention you peoples from afar the lord called me from the womb from the body of my mother he named me and he has made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand he has concealed me and he has also made me a secret arrow he has hidden me in his quiver he said to me You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I have toiled in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord, and my reward is with my God. And now, says the Lord, who formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God is my strength. He says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and its Holy One, to the despised one, to the one abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers. Kings will see and arise. Princes will also bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Thus says the Lord, in a favorable time, I have answered you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you, and I will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people to restore the land, to make them inherit the desolate heritages, 
saying to those who are bound, go forth, to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. Along the roads, they will feed, and their pasture will be on all bare heights. They will not hunger or thirst, nor will the scorching heat or sun strike them down. For he who has compassion on them will lead them and will guide them to springs of water. Verse 11, I will make all my mountains a road and my highways will be raised up. Behold, these will come from afar. And lo, these will come from the north and from the west and these from the land of Sinim. Shout for joy, O heavens. And rejoice, O earth, break forth into joyful shoutings, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders hurry. Your destroyers and devastators will depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All of them gather together. They come to you as I live, declares the Lord. You will surely put on all of them as jewels and bind them on as a bride for your waste and your desolate places and your destroyed land surely now you will be too cramped for the inhabitants and those who swallowed you will be far away the children of whom you were bereaved will yet say in your ears this place is too cramped for me make room for me that i may live here then you will say in your heart who has begotten these for me since I have been bereaved of my children, and I am barren, an exile, and a wanderer, and who has reared these? Behold, I was left alone. From where did these come? Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations. I will set up my standard to the peoples, and they will bring your sons in their bosom, and your daughters will be carried on their shoulders. Kings will be your guardians and their princes your rulers. They will bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick the dust of your feet. And you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hopefully wait for me will not be put to shame. Can the prey be taken from the mighty man or the captives from the tyrant be rescued? Surely thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty man will be taken away and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. For I will contend with the one who contends with you and I will save your sons. Verse 26, I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh and they will become drunk with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Powerful, powerful chapters there. You know, at the very end, we can probably rightly 
discern that he is he's talking about the the end nations coming against israel and even beginning in 1948 when all the nations of the world will know that i am the god of israel when the six-day war yom kippur war and all these nations coming against israel and they could not defeat this one little nation smaller than than my state i mean one it's it's the size of one small state in the united states it's tiny and yet all of these massive, huge countries with their armies were not able to defeat them then, nor will they ever be able to defeat them again. But going back as we're beginning, we're, we're seeing the condemnation on Babylon that God has called Cyrus by name, the previous chapter yesterday, and he says, I'm going to use Babylon to wipe you out. You idolaters of Babylon was full of witchcraft and idolatry they were they had their mediums and notice they had spells they had power he says you can use those you can use your demonic powers but they're not going to work they will come to no avail against me i alone am lord over all things i'm the only lord but it's interesting how he acknowledges that there's power just like pharaoh and his and his magicians had power there's power in the demonic realm and many of us have, have been somewhat witness to that we know that it's real, but God's power, is no, there's no comparison. But God says he'll bring about his salvation in his time. They were there for 70 years in Babylon, and basically they'd gotten to the point where they were saying, hey, what, does a nursing mother forget her, her child down there for 70 years? And have you totally forgotten us, God? And God said, no, I bring about my salvation in my time, and I will release you. As I, he brought out Israel from Egypt, they were there 400 years. Now they're only there 70 years because when they refuse to follow after God, God then says, I'm going to take you and bring you under bondage until you essentially repent and are ready to start following me. So this is what happens down there in, in Babylon. But God chose Cyrus, called him by name, and says, now I'm going to allow him to bring you out as the Persia came in, took over Babylon. He then were, he was able to then go establish himself as ruler over Babylon and then let the Jews go. And so, God, you have these chapters about the Jews coming home and, and uh, being able to be blessed and coming into their land. And there's a future prophecy about all of the people that will come back to the land, that they were kind of childless and they had, they had nothing but they they were going to be overflowed with abundance and nations as we see are going to flow to Israel and there's this jumping way ahead even into the, into the time when they're established in the millennium and all the nations are going to flow to it and and so there's going to have a glorious future but then uh, Isaiah pulls back a little bit and and we see that you know there's always this challenge to Israel if you will but trust me then you'll see this blessing if you do not, then you are going to fall into my time of chastisement upon you. But I am your God. I write your name on my hand. Is there anything more beautiful than that? That he says, I, I, I'm forever. He's the loving father who disciplines his child the right way at the right time. I guess you could say he, he grounds them for 70 years and says, you're not going anywhere until you guys break your idolatry and your immorality. And so the same applies, thankfully, today, 
God writes the name of us. In fact, we see in the book of Revelation, he writes his name on our foreheads. We are forever his. He has a love for us. And yet the Lord disciplines those who he loves. Sometimes we need that. Chapter 9 of the book of Romans, just the first 15 verses. This is, chapter 9 is a big one, <laughs> theologically. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Who are the Israelites to whom belongs the adoption as sons and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises? Those who are fathers and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed for they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel nor are they all children because they are Abraham's descendants. But through Isaac, your descendants will be named. That is, it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are regarded as descendants. For this is the word of promise. At this time, I will come to Sarah and shall have a son. And not only this, but there was Rebekah also. And when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac, for though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to his choice would stand, not because of the works, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. What shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Okay, so if you are new in your walk with Christ in the church, don't listen to anything I'm going to say. Or listen, actually, it's always, you should listen, but know this. What I'm going to talk about is very controversial in the church, but it should not affect you in your relationship with other believers, and it should not be something that you get angry about or get very argumentative about and start dividing. This is not something to divide us. It should actually just encourage us to keep studying the Scripture. This is the favorite chapter of Calvinists who say this, ah, here's proof that God chooses some and he rejects others. That, you know, he loved Jacob, rejected Isaac. Isaac had no say in the matter. Isaac went to hell. Jacob was saved. And therefore, God is perfect and he chooses those who he chooses. He rejects those who he rejects. And so you have no free will, zero free will in anything, period. A real Calvinist, if they're honest, will say that. You have no free will at all. God's the one who, who calls you. And you respond by his call because he made you respond and you are saved. But what we have to remember is this is Paul writing to the Jews. This is he's writing about the call of Israel. This is national. 
He is focusing in on the Jews who have rejected Jesus. And they, as a nation, has rejected. And so he's dealing everything on the national level, not on the individualistic, personal side of things. He does that in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. He does that, and John does it, John 3, 16. It's by faith you are saved. So here, please be sensitive and keep an open mind and read Romans 9 in view of the fact he's saying, look, God chose Israel to be his avenue by which he was going to bring the gospel to us. And remember, you have Jacob and Esau, his brother. What happens is Esau goes off and becomes a pagan nation, no longer follows after Yahweh. But Jacob does. And so Esau goes off and he becomes essentially the Arabic nations or the Islamic nations even. And again, you can get into the word hated and it's not what we normally use in English. So you have to look at all these things. Basically, he's using a extreme contrast to say God is sovereign and he chose the nation of Israel to bring in the Messiah, to bring the message of salvation. And, and so it is his argument for the Jews accepting Jesus as Messiah. He says he chose us. We should be sensitive to the fact that he was bringing the Messiah through us. So why are you, have you rejected him? We've always known the Messiah was going to come through us, and we've always known what, um, what he was going to do if we knew the scriptures. And then when we get into Isaiah 50 and 51, you're going to see a perfect description of Jesus on the cross. And the Jews are going to uh, you know, argue that that was, again, national. And, and but even in Isaiah 51, we see it's it, we, the focus is national Israel. And here in Romans 9, it's about the nation of Israel being chosen against Isaac and that nation not being chosen to bring in the gospel. And look closely at the word love and hate it and see that, that, that it's really referring to preference and, and being useful for God's purposes. And all this is really good. I mean, and... There are strong arguments on both sides. I recognize that. But what I'm saying is, whatever uh, side you've been brought up in in the church, look at both sides of it. Look at both arguments on it and be open to it. Just because some of the leading guys out there, Piper or MacArthur or something, makes a statement, this is what Roman nines means, I would challenge that and say there is really, really good theologians, even classic theologians, that have been around for centuries, who say, no, it doesn't mean personal. It's not referring to that. It's referring to national Israel. So I probably beat that one to death. I'm sorry if I did, but this comes up a lot in the church. All right, Charles Spurgeon, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Psalm 81.10. What an encouragement to pray. Our human nation would lead us to ask small things because of our deservings are so small. But the Lord would have us request great blessings. Prayer should be as simple a matter as the opening of the mouth. It should be a natural, unconstrained utterance. When a man is earnest, he opens his mouth wide. And our text urges us to be fervent in our supplications. Yet it also means that we may make bold with God and may ask 
and large blessing at his hands. Read the whole verse and see the argument. I am Jehovah, thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Because the Lord has given us so much, he invites us to ask for more, yea, to expect more. See how the little birds in their nests seem to be all mouth when the mother comes to feed them? Let it be the same with us. Let us take in grace at every door. Let us drink in as a sponge sucks up the water in which it lies. God is ready to fill us if we are only ready to be filled. Let our needs make us open our mouths. Let our faintness cause us to open our mouths and pant. Yea, let our alarm make us open our mouths with a child's cry. The opened mouth shall be filled by the Lord himself. So be it unto us, O Lord, this day. That's pretty amazing. Well, stay hungry. Keep seeking. Keep thirsting and hungering after the Lord and ask him to fill you. And pray. Pray fervently. That's what the encouragement is. It's beautiful imagery here that we're seeing. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you and we do thirst and we do hunger for your word, for your manna, and we ask God that you would fill us. We know that we lack and there is so much we need to learn. I don't know near what I need to know. And I admit, God, that I probably don't have the right theological view on many issues in the Bible. So God, come in and and fill me to overflowing. In, In all things, God, help us be joyful and reveling in your goodness and in your grace and give us your mercy where we err in our theology. But in all things, God, make us your servants and helping others to come to know you. Help them, God, just come in to the covenant relationship with you and come into your kingdom. And we pray, God, you would continue to touch people's lives. The guy off the street that came in yesterday who uh, Shane gave a Bible to, thank you, God. We pray for his salvation. The other man that they brought to church Wednesday night who really worships the holy dead, Santa Muerte, God, we pray for him that he would reject serving darkness, serving the darkness and serving demons to come into the pureness of light and serve you. Pray for those that that were touched and and challenged during the night of evangelism and the people that continue to listen, God, as they find this on the broadcast, on a podcast or online. God, may you just open up their hearts to hunger after you. Teach them. Help them. People have been trapped in church ritual for decades that have never really known your word have never really studied it. May you open up their eyes, God, and increase their hunger to be just something that they want to have every single day. Father, that's our desire for this program, that you would use it to feed us with our mouths open and give us your word and help us to change, be more like you, less attracted to sin, more attracted to you and to holiness. And although that, God, we thank you and we bless you and we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll put out the uh, audio podcast for tomorrow. 
chapter 50, 51, I imagine. We'll just move on. Well, let me look in case you uh, want to read it on your own. And please join us for service tomorrow on Sunday. will be the last chapter of the book of Revelations, I believe. Sunday, October 1st, the 1st of October, Isaiah 50, 51, and 52, and the rest of Romans 9, 16 to 33. So we start October tomorrow as we finish a book. We're going to be, uh, wow, it's going to be, it's, time's moving fast, isn't it? So look for the audio podcast, please, and always subscribe. If you're on YouTube, put a like, and on the podcast, subscribe so we get more exposure, so more people can find us. And uh, that is actually a ministry outreach. The more times you do that, the more people get involved, the more people are exposed and themselves can, can then taste and see that he is good. So thank you guys. Bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.